Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Show. If you ever wanted to get into commercial property but don't know how to, this is the show for you. We're going to take you through live market updates, how to put a deal together, what the experts say about commercial property and real life investor journeys and how they became financially free through commercial property. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Commercial property lease negotiations. There's a fine art to how to incentivize getting a tenant in, how to negotiate the lease term, and what to offer. If you're interested in how you can do your lease negotiations, maybe under contract, after contract, or simply extending the lease that your current tenant have, then listen in to this podcast and I'll walk you through my process. Commercial lease negotiations. When you first start out in commercial property and you're buying a tenanted property, what you first will see is that you'll see a property that is got a lease on it, so it's a set and forget. Now, as an incoming uh, investor and you're buying a tenanted property, you cannot change that lease. The lease is set, and this is the lease that you're operating on after you settle on the property. However, when the tenant goes to option, there's a few things that could happen. Now, you could renegotiate the lease, so uh, if the tenant doesn't want to take up the option, you start a brand new lease, or alternatively, you do a market review. If the tenant's happy with that, you continue on with the terms of the lease. But however, if you were to go out and buy a vacant property, or if your current tenant defaults and you need to find a new tenant, how do you go about doing the right lease negotiation so that you're not out of pocket by it and the tenant doesn't feel hard done by? Now, it's all about give and take. Now, sometimes you feel like in a certain markets you're going to be hard done by by the tenant. Well, that can definitely happen. And that happens because you have... You have a situation where there is downward pressure on rent, and as a result of downward pressure on rent, you you have to give a little bit more incentives, maybe help out with the, with the fit-out, maybe do half rent for longer, maybe a longer rent-free period, and as a result of that, that is going to give you um, a basically a lower rent for a short period of time and as the market changes and as there is more upward pressure on rent you'll be able to renegotiate the lease now sometimes in this current market you can actually have lower rent but still have much higher um, value for your property because the yield in the market so the return or the cap rate in the market has actually compressed so when you used to say for example get $35,000 for a property and the $35,000 for the property is um, is the net rent and at normally a Normally, if you were getting a 7% on 35000 when you were buying in, let's say, 12 or 18 months ago, you'll be buying that property at 500000 Now, today, let's say you have to put in a new lease to that property and you couldn't get 35000 You could only get 30000 That's equivalent to pretty much almost a 12% reduction on your rent uh, from 35 down to 30 However, the yield or the cap rate has compressed from 7% to 6%. So you have not lost any value to your property. Your property is still worth exactly 500000 because it's 30000 divided by the yield of 6%, which comes out at 500000 So that means that you can actually negotiate a lower lease, as in a cheaper rent for your tenant to 
to incentivize and bring a tenant in but still maintain the value of your property this is what happens in a hot market or in a trajectory as the yield compresses in fact what we're seeing is if you could uh, have an underperforming tenant kick them out put a new tenant in there even on a lower rent with a longer lease then you potentially have that property worth more so let's say your tenant is paying thirty thousand, but there are uh, five-year leases that previously a two-year lease well you can probably sell that for five and a half thousand five and a half percent which will probably put that property at around five hundred and fifty thousand dollars rather than uh, at 500 so lease and current market conditions and yields they interplay but just because you're taking a hit on the rent remember that is only momentarily and that just because you're taking a hit on rent does not mean that it has lowered the value of your property because of what's happening in this current market the other thing to remember is that there is you're never going to get back lost rent so if you have a tenant there and they may be offering a lower rent there may be some incentives or some ways to be able to get them up to higher rent uh, in the future but take the tenant as is so you're not losing that uh, rent because if they you know, take uh, they negotiate a lower rent and you say no to them and it takes you another six months to lease out the premise well um, you've lost six months of the rent you might as well take the tenant in the first place so one of the options that we have used in the past is that when a tenant have come in and they've offered a lower rent than we expected we can make that rent for them uh, work but we charge them a higher rental increase per year so for example we give them a lower rent let's say that the tenant comes in they want to our rents thirty thousand dollars a year but the tenant's only willing to pay say twenty or twenty five thousand dollars a year well we could accept that on a longer lease term and say look we will take that if you give us a five years over three years alternatively we would say okay instead of a cpi increase we want a five percent increase and that over a period of three to four years will even out back onto market rent so that's one way of having it on the back end the other way is fixed increases so what i've seen recently in a lease has been that um, the tenant on their first trial year uh, has paid $28,000 gross rent which means that um, they're paying you know they're paying one big rent but they're not paying any of the outgoings but on the second year they actually go to $26,000 so a lower rent uh, but they add outgoings on top of it so it's a dramatic change you're changing from a gross rent to a gross lease to a net lease at the end of your period so at the end of the day what you're looking for is how do you even out the rent at the back end because it's always about the back end and also while you're there you don't want to be missing out any of the lost rent uh, you want to give your tenant the right incentives and you want to make sure that they can also afford the rent to be able to sustain their business so for example you might have a um and this is sometimes about why people will wait out and attract the right kind of tenant so for example you have a tenant that is a let's say a medical tenant who's going to pay top dollar for that premise of yours so they might pay anywhere from five to seven hundred dollars a square meter for your premise whereas if you put a beautician hairdressing tenant or even a run-of-the-mill office tenant or perhaps even your um and you say not-for-profit type of tenant you're gonna they're gonna pay a lower rent per square meter so sometimes when you're comparing what you can attract you may wait a little bit to see if you can attract a better level of tenancy uh, tenants uh, but that of course depends on how long your property has been vacant for and sometimes you just have to take the first tenant that comes along and that may be an issue if you're thinking well I don't really want to settle for that much lower rent so I don't want to settle for a property that has you know that is worth $30,000 in rent I'm giving it to a tenant at $20,000 
thousand. Well, one of the options is just give your tenant a short lease with no options or a short option. So one year lease plus one year option or just a one year lease. That means that you don't actually have to um, give the tenant any more options after that uh, and you don't ha have to honour any more lease terms going forward. That means after the one year, if the market has changed, you can go back to the tenant and say, hey, I want you know extra five grand more, which is $100 for you per week more. Uh, if you can afford that, then stay. If not, then I'm going to change over some, I'm going to put the premise up for rent. Or alternatively, you might give them one year um, as an option but at market review you might find that the rent has gone up significantly say by 30 percent uh, and at which point you'll go back to the tenant and try to negotiate and they may or may not accept it if they accept it they take up the option if they don't they leave uh, that is one way to sort of i guess get rid of your tenant and put a new tenant in there it all depends on the market. But if you just need someone as a holding income, it's worthwhile to go to the base level. I always ask the question of the agent, what rent do I need to offer in the market to get a tenant straight away tomorrow? And they might there might be a 30% drop from your current rent. But if I get that tenant in, what it will do is they will pay my mortgage, pay my outgoings, and maybe give me a little bit of positive cash flow. But the main thing is it, it gets rid of the stress from my part to be able to service that property. We have the tenant in there servicing it. I just want to wait out the market because remember, property is a long haul and you've got you know ups and downs. You want to wait out the market. And then once you wait out in the market, you then you can go and put a proper tenant in there so i mean the long and short of it that is really um the, the reason why you would swap over a tenant so lease negotiations what are typically the lease negotiations so we've got three types of lease uh incentives we offer the tenant firstly we offer rent free so a period of one month for each year normally so a tenant will ask for three years and you three months rent free now you don't have to give them three months up front you can give them three months broken up over time so you can give them say three year lease one year um, one month rent free going forward every year uh, or you can give them three months up front but depending on your cash flow situation you might also want to half that three months to six months half rent so that's doable second thing you can offer them is a a incentive for fit out so what that means is the tenant is incoming tenant and they may be looking at you know putting a new kitchen doing new refurbishments um, disabled toilets they might do ramps they might do all sorts of things to that property great now that might actually cost them two hundred thousand dollars but uh, you want to make a contribution to it you might give them fifty thousand dollars as a contribution so you give them a contribution and you need to work out what that's contributing to so you might say look i'm going to pay for the electrical downlights i'm going to pay for the um the, the the disabled toilets i'm going to pay for you know a new air conditioning units to be put in now those are your incentives to the tenant and the tenant make means that now you can depreciate that but not only could you depreciate that uh, what you can go next is that you now own that fit out that means that you know if you give them the basics it actually adds value to your property so for example your tenant comes in and they need a disability toilet if you put that toilet in that's in there forever and when the tenant goes, you can bring another tenant in there that needs that disability toilet. You know, aircon units the same is across the board. Um, sometimes if the premise is a retail premise, you know, a grease trap, 
um, with for um, a cafe you know will really help and you keep that forever so I tend to if I do incentives I do those incentives that is going to last and add capital value to my property at the same time so that's an incentive the other thing you can do is lots of other ways of combining those so you could say exemption from outgoings uh, for the first three six months and maybe some rent free period um, you can do a combination of the three. You can also give your tenant early access. So if they want to start trading in September uh, and the property is doing nothing at the moment and it's you know, end of July, you might give them access you know, in August to start works. Uh, the other thing you can do for the tenant is that in the future, you can have agreed amounts of work to do in the property in the future. So, for example, uh, I have seen this in a lease before for a bank where the vendor agreed that in, say, three or five years' time that they would be putting in and servicing the electronic um, or the automatic doors. Uh, so that's one thing. I mean, that's probably a specification from the bank, right? Uh, I've also seen in leases where, um, say, that the floor covering of a restaurant they need those seamless floor coverings and um, they could agree to contribute in the future at some point towards that um, and that may be you know an extra twenty thousand dollars to contribute to that in 10 years time or three years time i've also seen that the tenant has the first right of refusal in leases which means that the tenant can buy the premise from the vendor when they decide to sell but also that can also be pegged at a certain amount so it can be pegged on a yield in the market be pegged on a um uh, a specific uh, return or a specific time. So it can be that, you know, they want to buy in a 7%. So when the market hits 7%, the vendor wants to sell, they sell it to the current tenant. Uh, or alternatively, you know, if they get to, you know, five years down the track, they might, they can exercise their options to purchase. So there's lots and lots of ways of incentivizing the tenant because some tenants want to be in your premise, add value to it, but they want to keep it for the long term. And if that's the case, they want to build in some first right of refusal because the last thing they want to do is have someone buy that property from you and then sit on it for 20 years, which means that they, you know, for the next 20 years, they end up paying rent to you rather than to themselves. So you'll see that in leases as well. It's a first right of refusal. So there's many ways to incentivize the tenant. The way that you do it is to package up the best uh, option for your tenants. So you look at what your tenant mostly needs. So for example, tenants starting out in a restaurant premise, they might really struggle to spend the money on all of the fit outs. So they want to leave some money for trading. So that might be a good time for you to offer some um, incentives instead. And also maybe combine that with some rent free period, uh, but then potentially get the tenant on a longer lease. So if you're giving them three months rent free, I want to add three months plus your three years. So you're getting the full three years and you're not getting you know two years and nine months effectively um, if you're getting two years out of your tenant you want to make sure two years is plus two months so all of those things you want to make sure uh, the other thing is uh, if you have say let's say an office tenant right you might offer them you know you would do a clean you do a one you know you might put some infrastructure in there um, so things like they might do some cabling for them and that also helps for the future as well and that you might already have partitions or furniture that's already there that you can uh, do you know, do up or fix up uh, or leave for them. So whatever you can contribute to the tenant. Uh, if you have, let's say, um, a tenant that is in a 
let's say a warehouse type tenant one of the incentives you could give your tenant is they can mostly walk in and trade directly immediately which is what they want in terms of a warehouse type tenant so you want to make sure that you know you might want to help them in the future you know with a making sure the power is there so three if you don't have three phase power you might want to bring that into the premise so they're ready to go uh, you may also say look help them in terms of contributing to getting a mezzanine floor done or giving them approval to get it done. So all of those things will help to incentivize bringing a tenant in. But the most important thing is to communicate that to the agent because a lot of times the agent don't know what what you want and if you communicate clearly that you actually will take any tenant any offer and consider it and go back to them and you want your ad to reflect that too. You want the ad to say, "Hey, I'm willing to take a tenant at this rate, um, I'm happy to negotiate, I'm happy to package up, then you're giving clear instructions to the agent, which is really important. And then you need to stay on the agent because we're all busy, but it's the one that continuously pester and annoy the agent uh, that gets the deal done. So uh, if you are busy, this is one of the things that we do. Sometimes we put an offer in it and it takes three weeks for the offer to come through and we continuously call the agent and they know and we have a laugh about it. But, you know, it, sometimes it's the follow-up, the follow-up, the follow-up that gets the work done. So if you're looking at putting a lease together or advertising, constantly refresh that, refine the ad and then get the um, talk to the agent, get it leased out, uh, continuously uh, work on it to see what you can improve in the ad. Look at if you're at market, what can you do if you just drop the rent? You know, all of those things, because ultimately it's all about uh, getting that premise leased and then getting into negotiations that your tenant is happy with. Sometimes it is a bond thing. Sometimes a tenant don't want to put up three or four or five month bond. Uh, they might put a personal guarantee instead. Um, one of the ways that we can encourage the tenant to do the bond is maybe get them to initially put one month bond down for their lease and then over a period of three years so each year they actually pay advance so that they actually end up accumulating three bond a three month bond in there so that gives you some additional level of security it's all the way about working out a balance if your tenants coming hitting a a blockade or they they're having a hurdle you want to be able to troubleshoot it with them right from the beginning and work with the agent so uh, you need to stay on and with the agent and sometimes it might be better for you to actually send your property out to two or three agents to be in the market to make sure you get the right leasing activity happening and to really speak to the agent charge market rent and to continue forward in terms of um, getting that lease. So it's all about speed of of getting it out to the market, getting that interest and continue moving forward. Um, so if this is something you're in the middle of and you don't know how to negotiate a lease or you're looking at a lease, uh, and one of the things that we do often is that we may take a property that's on a short lease term under contract. During the contract period, we actually negotiate with the tenant about how, where they can extend their lease by giving some incentives. Obviously, the purchaser is up for some incentives um, to, to afford out to give that incentive. That's no issue. The main thing is, of course, that the tenant uh, that you're working with the tenant and that you have the ability to de-risk that property under contract and that is something that will probably take a good two to three weeks when you're under contract sometimes four to six weeks to negotiate with a tenant and often the lease doesn't actually start until after settlement and you own the property so moving forward if this is something that you're interested in is buying a property with a shorter lease to start with uh, which slightly higher yield because you've got the higher risk and giving it a bash and renegotiating the lease and tidying that up during DD, 
uh, come and talk to us, helentarrant.com, or uh, email me at helen at commercialpropertycashflow.com.au. I'll be glad to help you out, build a portfolio with you, do a strategy session. So until next time, I look forward to helping you in your commercial property journey. Bye for now. You've been listening to Commercial Property Investor Show. Tune in to the next episode to find out how you too can replace your work income with passive income through commercial property.